That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. So, at seven o'clock, Harry, Ron, and Hermione walked straight past the doorway to the packed Great Hall, which was glittering invitingly with gold plates and candles, and directed their steps instead towards the dungeons. The passageway leading to nearly headless Nick's party had been lined with candles too, though the effect was far from cheerful. These were long, thin, jet-black tapers, all burning bright blue, casting a dim, ghostly light even over their own living faces. The temperature dropped with every step they took. As Harry shivered and drew his robes tightly around him, he heard what sounded like a thousand fingernails scraping an enormous blackboard. Is that supposed to be music? Ron whispered. They turned a corner and saw nearly headless Nick standing at a doorway hung with black velvet drapes. My dear friends, he said mournfully, welcome, welcome, so pleased you could come. He swept off his plumed hat and bowed them inside. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the restricted section, in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss how the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we are talking about today. Chapter 8, The Death Day Party. This chapter starts with Harry walking in from a particularly rainy Quidditch practice. On his way back to the common room, he meets nearly headless Nick, who is super sad because the headless hunt won't let him participate because his head is not fully detached, so he can't do any of their games. You can't sit with us. Before long, Filch shows up really, really mad because Harry is tracking mud all over the castle, which he has been cleaning by hand for like 15 million years. And so he takes Harry to his office to write him up. While he's writing him up, there's like this great crash above, um, on the floor above. And so Filch, thinking that it's Peeves, runs out, leaving Harry alone in his office. While he's gone, Harry finds a peculiar letter about something called Quickspell, which seems to be for people who aren't skilled with magic or maybe don't even have magic. And we start to realize that Filch probably doesn't have any magic because otherwise, why has he been cleaning the castle by hand all these years? So when Filch gets back, he's really embarrassed and he lets Harry go with just a warning. When Harry leaves, he finds nearly headless Nick, who invites him to his death day party and is like, if you could just like tell the headless hunt how like badass and scary I am, then if you could just tell the headless hunt how badass and scary I am, that would be awesome. So instead of going to the Halloween feast, Ron, Hermione, and Harry go to nearly headless Nick's death day party, which is very depressing and full of rotting food and terrible music. And then the headless hunt comes. It's just, it's just like a shit show. It's like the shittiest frat party. Um, and then they leave, of course, as soon as they can. It's a terrible party. And once they do leave, Harry hears the voice in the wall again talking talking about murder and stuff. Classic. They chase the voice upstairs. And when they lose track of the voice, they discover Mrs. Norris, who's been petrified and is hanging from a torch in the hallway over some water on the floor. And on the wall, it says, the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, beware. And then the whole school shows up. For some reason. 
God, man, mornings. I'm usually a really aggressive morning person. I shouldn't have got. I shouldn't have gone to Drew's last night. <laughs> <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm doing it now. It's starting. Welcome to the restricted section. I'm your host, Christina. It is a beautiful psych. It's fucking raining. It's been raining. I told you like four episodes ago that it was going to be raining for the next several episodes. Hey, it is still raining. (laughs) Haley, how are you doing today? I am awake. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I should say that this is our first ever morning recording because I'm going out of town and I'm having to stack a lot of recordings this week. So if we sound dead to the world, it's because we are dead to the world. But that is thematically appropriate for this chapter. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Grace, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, I put some Baileys in my coffee this morning, so really fe- feeling pretty good. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! Oh my god, that's so good. Like when my friends like drag me out and I'm like not really feeling it. That's like my go-to. I'm like I can do both. Like it's like I, it's I can like wake a pretty, up and get crunk. Yeah, exactly. It's like a pretty snuggly morning, so I deserve this. Yeah, oh, you totally deserve it. And our very special guest this week is Alexis. Alexis, if you could tell us a little bit about your very hairy history, how you know the podcast, and tell us what Hogwarts house you are. I guess I started reading Harry Potter after my third grade teacher started doing a read aloud, and I just got kind of hooked on it. And my aunt had, she had previously bought me like all three books at the same time. And I was like, oh, I don't like reading that much. I'm not going to read it. But then I got hooked on Harry Potter and, um, yeah, Yay, my first teachers. book that I love. So, yeah. And then, um, I don't know. I know you because, uh, we were roommates in college. We were freshman roommates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, little Twilight heads up in that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. And then. We, uh, what else do I need to tell you? My, um, Hogwarts house. I feel like we've discussed this, um, at length. I don't really know, I guess, Hufflepuff, if I really was, you know. Aww. I just feel like I'm so wishy washy. Like, I'm like, I don't know what I really Oh, yeah. That, no, that's a Hufflepuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hufflepuff takes the rest. So, <laughs> God damn it. It sounds so bad. <laughs> uh, it's true. I think that you would be a, like, maybe like a griffin puff cusp. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. I don't feel that brave. Maybe I am. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a boldness. Okay. Get a couple drinks in you. See how Gryffindory you get. That's true. I probably <laughs> turn into a Gryffindor after my third drink. <laughs> don't we all? Liquid <laughs> courage. <laughs> well, hell yeah. We're here to discuss the death day party. Which I hope that's what all y'all read because I've been so out of order this week. Okay, thank God. Oh, you can't go on the computer. You have to stay next to the computer. Okay. Okay. Tante, go to sleep. Go to sleep, little baby. Okay, great. (laughs) This chapter starts with a classic, lovely Harry Potter passing of the seasons. Haley, I think we were talking about this in the last episode, how yeah, we were. that bitch can really execute like a, like a passing of time. I mean, she takes us from the first week of school to the end of October, just like in the beginning of this chapter. 
Hey, dude, 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 move your ass. Oh my God. I'm sorry. He just really like when you try to get him to move, he like doubles down. He's like, he plants his roots. I, Alexis, I'm sure you remember him being like in the middle of the stairs and you're like trying to nudge him and he yes. just like gets more in the stairs. He does not <laughs> give up. He's very stubborn that way. You're stubborn. I'm, no. Oh, you're scary. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> We're not playing, please, please leave me alone! Oh my god! What does he do in you? He's like biting me and attacking me and like grabbing my toes and stuff. It's very scary. <laughs> wow, that is an overreaction. So great. So the passing of time. So the passing of time. <laughs> well, it's just like she like we're at the beginning of September, and then the next chapter starts with October arrived, and it's like you don't. You don't need to walk your reader step by step through the entirety of September and October. Like October arrived and like people were getting colds and then there was Quidditch practice and then it was Halloween. Like that's how like that's how this goes. Right. Yeah. But like even in that very short span of time, like we get a little just a little hint of what's going on with Ginny because like she's like everyone's getting colds and like Ginny's been looking pale. So she so Percy bullies her into drinking some pepper up potion and then like. It doesn't seem like anything here, but later on... It sounds so nice. I want that pepper up potion. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I feel like I feel like it's just fireball. <laughs> You're it's probably like, right. It's like Theraflu with fireball. Oh, Ooh, let's make uh, that. Uh, That's it. That sounds horrible. <laughs> it's, it's, like a, it's like a hot toddy. Yeah. Hey, all, right, all right. Yo, I love a hot toddy. Oh, my God. I'm almost like, yay, it's going to be fall soon. I'm going to drink hot toddies. You always bully me when I say that I'm happy when it's not going to be cold outside because you're like, I love the summertime so much. How dare you say this? I mean, you're right. I do love the summertime <laughs> so much. But this rain has made me be like, well, if it's going to be raining forever, it might as well be like snuggly and aesthetic outside. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Just nope, it's just, just warm and soupy. Warm and soupy. I love <laughs> welcome, it. Welcome uh, to Central Virginia. Yeah. Man, I wore jeans last night and walked to Drew's house, which is only like a mile away. And by the time I got there, I was one million degrees. Did you take your pants off? No, there were strangers there. So as a reminder, I've been reading the Bloomsbury Illustrated Editions, which use the UK language and spelling. And so they call Madame Pumphrey the matron. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't like... I don't remember. I, I really remember all the words that I learned from reading these books because I don't know. I don't know why I just like remember them when I get to them again. I'm like, Oh yeah. The first time I ever read this was in this book. The one I remember really specifically is the first chapter of Goblet of Fire. That's where I learned the word blunder because mm. they're talking about Wormtail's blunder. Right. Yeah. And I was like, sounds like plumber. I'll ask my dad. That can't be right. <laughs> I think oh. when I read that chapter with my mom, she, like, had to define blunder for me. I actually wrote down, like, three words in this chapter that I was like, I don't think I would have known that as uh, whatever, it's third or fourth grader. Really? What <laughs> yeah, were they? like, tartan, which is, like, a oh, yeah. type of plaid that yeah. I, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sinew, which I don't think I would have known that. Uh, yeah. And doublet, which I still didn't know. I looked that up. It's like, uh, <laughs> An outfit. What was, that, <laughs> what was that middle one? Uh, sinew. Like, oh, he's okay. talking about like his head being severed. He was like just yeah. held together by sinew. I, you don't. If you don't know the word doublet, that means you don't read nearly enough fantasy books. Oh, I'll get on it. <laughs> Everyone be wearing doublets. <laughs> <laughs> They're hot. 
Yeah. So, so what what do they call Madame Pomfrey in the American editions? Um, it's just nurse in this one, but I do. I, I feel like in like later edition, like later uh, books in the American editions, like they kind of relaxed on the Americanized language a little bit because like. It's like as they get uh, a little more advanced, a little more for advanced readers, they're like, all right, I feel like I feel like the kid reading book four and five might know what a matron is. So I do I do remember Madame Poffrey being called the matron in like later books. But here oh, she's interesting. The nurse. It just it's I think it struck me because it didn't say anything about the hospital wing or medicine or anything. It was just like she is the matron. Like, I, I guess yeah. I didn't know that that word carried like an exclusively medical meaning. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, let's get off Matron. Yeah, everybody has colds, except Ginny. She's just anxiety riddled for another reason, <laughs> which we will get to at the end of this chapter. And it's like raining and raining and raining, much like Virginia right now. And Quidditch practice is unrelenting because Oliver Wood is having a, a manic episode <laughs> that sustains him throughout the entire beginning of term. And they're working on his new training program, which it, we don't understand because we're the readers and we don't need that information, but it is apparently quite rigorous and innovative, I guess. Yeah. I love how, like, in the previous chapter, we were talking about how, like, paranoid he is that, like, the Slytherins are going to be spying on them. And then in this chapter, the twins spy on the Slytherin team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. How do they just let them have any broom, like, that they want to have? Like, is this NASCAR? Like, what the hell? Like, I don't understand any other sport, you know, in the world that would let them have any sort of device that could be faster than another person's device. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. Yeah. One of our followers, Alex, on Twitter pointed out, the, like, the one comparable muggle example is baseball. You can use whatever bat you want to. But I, I think that, like... I, I don't know the extent to which, like, I, schools provide that for you or whatever. Yeah, and I feel like with a bat, like, a stick is a stick is a stick. Like, <laughs> right. I, think, I think a baseball player would disagree with you on that one. I mean, yeah, but, like, it's still sports ball and I don't care. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that that's just a matter of preference. Like, no bat is inherently, like, you can hit a ball with any bat, technically. That's, like, it's not that's difficult. That's true. And what wins or loses baseball is ultimately running. And right. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. no, there's no, like, super fast shoes that make you I'd run say, faster. Yeah, I'd say the broom plays at least 50% into how you perform on a Quidditch team. Probably more. Right. Yeah, yeah, it, it is deeply unfair. But luckily, the Gryffindor team is so good; they don't need those broomsticks. <laughs> mm. It's probably not. But yeah, we we did discuss this uh, a little bit, and I think Alexis, like the answer is just like it's fucking private school, and mm. that's. Unfair. I mean, Ron yeah. doesn't even get a wand this whole year, so right. like you're you're on your fucking own. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> yep. Oh god. So one night, Harry is walking home alone from Quidditch practice to the to hit the common room slash dormitory. I don't know why he's walking alone. It's not like he didn't change with the team and is going to the same place as the team. <laughs> but okay, let's just get Harry on his own as much as possible because shenanigans always ensue, and that's just good. That's just good reading. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He runs into nearly headless Nick who's moping around about the headless hunt. He has like this letter from Sir Patrick Stewart. I mean, just Sir Patrick 
telling him like you can't join the headless hunt because I, your head's not completely severed sorry buddy <laughs> am i am i the only one who got really hung up on this reading particularly on the logistics of ghost letters <laughs> are there ghost owls that deliver ghost letters how do you Where? how do you get ghost paper how do you get ghost paper <laughs> you're so it, right it is clearly transparent. I have so many questions. <laughs> it's like, is the ink also transparent? Is it slightly less transparent than the paper? I need to know. Maybe it's related to the ways that like Patronuses can carry messages. Maybe you have like a ghost Patronus that carries a ghost letter for you. Maybe. Ghost paper. Maybe there's like a ghost, ghost diagon alley where you can buy ghost things. Maybe you get like ghost paper at the same novelty parchment store that you get howler paper. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I love I love the notion of a ghost owl, like an owl with unfinished business in this realm. <laughs> I mean, there are ghost horses. Yes, that's what I was going to say. There are ghost horses, so you could make the argument for ghost owls for sure. Right. <laughs> but I would I would go on to say that a lot more horses die unfairly in wars than owls. They could okay, be first a- of all, Hedwig. <laughs> okay, all right, Very okay, true. all right, all right. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. You don't have the great owl war of... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have read Guardians of Gahul, which is basically what that is. Yeah, that's all of them. That's that's where all of the ghost owls come from. (laughs) Guardians of Gahul takes place in the same universe as Harry Potter confirmed. That tracks. That's okay. Just saying that's a great book series. Okay. Like Guardians of Gahul is pretty good if you are into middle, middle, middle grade books. If you have a kids who like Harry Potter who are too young to listen to this podcast, they would be good to read the Guardians of the Home. Anyway, Nearly Headless Nick is like, you look troubled, Potter. And Potter is like, so do you. And, okay, yeah, so he's moping. I, I wrote down this quote. You would think, wouldn't you, that getting hit 45 times in the neck with a blunt axe would qualify you to join the Headless Hunt? And I, I was just like, I read this when I was 12. <laughs> that like, is vivid. 40, 45 times. Yeah. <laughs> and it's played for laughs, which I just love. Yeah. <laughs> that is a ghost joke for sure. <laughs> That's like how old men always joke about how they're going to die soon. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? It's just. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to come to terms with your own mortality. Nick been done come to terms with his own mortality. <laughs> a blunt axe, dude. That's so rough. I was, I was remembering like how Henry VIII had Anne Boleyn executed with like a sharp sword with a professional swordsman so that this exact thing would not happen to her because like she deserved better what did nearly headless do to warrant getting beheaded because i think beheading is like that's like a punishment that doesn't happen like organically in battle or anything yeah i don't know i was hoping maybe y'all would know yeah i mean i don't think it's ever I don't know if it's ever confirmed in like the like extant like universe media, but I've never heard. I'm guessing witch hunt thing. Like he was like, all right, well, if they try to burn me at the stake, I'll just do what we usually do when people try to burn us at the stake. And they were like, no, it's actually going to be beheading. He was like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That tracks. That tracks because I don't dull axe. Yeah, that's so rough, Uh, dude. Yeah, that's just incompetence. I just don't think he would have like broken any rules. He strikes me as like. I almost feel like he was like a Percy in his living life. You know what I mean? Aww, you know, those tracks. living lives. So yeah. I, I'm just like, what could you have done? Well, the bro frat doesn't want him. So he must have been a huge dork. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> you can't sit with us. <laughs> Don't they seem like a frat like this? 
Yeah, yeah, they really yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're basically playing flip cup at the party later. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they're they're chit-chatting and then Mrs. Norris rolls up. Oh, I should have said that because it's pouring rain outside. Harry's been recklessly tracking mud through the school, which like that's a dick move. Mm-hmm. And so Mrs. Norris rolls up. That's Argus Filch, the caretaker. That's his cat, who we suspect is a human family member of Filch's, like his sister, maybe, who is like enduring like a lifelong punishment as a cat or like did like some illegal animagus shit and as a cat because he is like too nice to her. Yeah, I I just this chapter got me thinking a lot about, you know, the, obviously the fact that we'll get to it, but Filch is a squib and, you know, just thinking about how um, Mrs. Fig also has like you know, she loves her cats. Oh, yeah. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. I wonder if if this is some sort of like aid or like guide situation happening. And I don't yeah, know if, if this if this tracks with like other squibs that we know about. But at least for those two, it seems consistent that they both have this sort of special relationship. <laughs> the yeah, only like, other squib that I can think of in this series has a special relationship with snakes. She's not a squib, though. Is she the... um? What's her name? Voldemort's mom. Oh, uh, I could never figure out how to pronounce it, but it's spelled like Mariope. Mariope? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is she a squib or is she just like repressed? I kind She's of just forget. repressed. Okay, okay. She's just repressed. So I don't yeah. think we know any other squibs besides these yeah. two. Can you but, guys- like, it's, it is kind of interesting that like uh, Filch and, um, and Mrs. Fig both have like they they're not magical but like they can have familiars apparently because like that's that is very clearly how these cats operate yeah right yeah i mean mrs norris can like fetch filch which right. is crazy so i mean i and it, it like i'm going to revise that because like like he just shows up where she is you know what i mean like they have right. they, he has like some i don't know <laughs> weird relationship <laughs> right so so nick okay so mrs norris rolls up nearly headless nick is like you need to get the fuck out of here because filch is going to show up and he's had a really bad day and it's his responsibility to clean this entire castle on his own without magic which is really really shitty so you should probably leave because you got mud everywhere but (laughs) too late filch just arrives right away and he is very mad because harry very rudely tracked mud everywhere guys i like a clean house okay i can't with this kind of belligerence Look at what you're doing. <laughs> Harry probably just thought that, like, the schools kept, like, magically clean until this moment. Well, I mean, well, the house elves have to help a little bit, right? I don't know. I don't I don't know how, the extent to which they help. I feel like everything is always Filch's problem. True. I, I just love how he shows up. He just, like, comes around the corner. He's like, Filch! I'm like, I'm going to just <laughs> walk into a room and be like, Filch! <laughs> I'm definitely going to start doing that. (laughs) He like barrels in. I imagine him like running out of one hallway and like almost crashing into the opposite wall in like a rage. Well, he comes like bounding through a tapestry. Through a tapestry. Yeah. It like just appears like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was your Edith voice. (laughs) There's a character in Bob's Burgers who literally yells this filth. She's a crouchy old lady. Filth! You smell like ointment and pee. <laughs> um. So Harry's in trouble. Filch takes Harry to his office, which we've never been to before, but it's not good. 
It is a shitty, tiny, windowless, dank, terrible cube with shackles on the wall (laughs) and a lot of paperwork. There's nothing redeemable about this room except for that there is occasionally a cat in it. It smells Mm -hmm. like fried fish, apparently. That's disgusting. I want to know who he's submitting all this paperwork to, like, (laughs) you know? For his records. (laughs) Dumbledore has, Dumbledore has been humoring him for like 20 (laughs) years and just has like a very important looking file in his own office of like all the paperwork Filch has ever submitted to him. And it's like, he's like, what a good little caretaker. Because you know that whenever Dumbledore hears about some of the shenanigans that Fred and George pull, he's like, damn, that's a good one. Right? <laughs> oh, for sure. Fred, Fred and George have their own drawer in Filch's office. Like, poor Filch, dude. Like, most of the assholes in this series, it's like, you could have been different. But, like, Filch's life is miserable. Like, what chance did you even have, bro? Yeah, Hagrid is another example. I feel like if you don't have magic, but you are a part of the wizarding world, I mean, Hagrid could never ever have gone into the muggle world. Filch maybe could have, but like, that's, that's like giving up everything you know. So like, if you want to have a a job in the magical world, but you don't have magic, Hogwarts is like one of the few places you can go. And I think that probably when Filch originally got this job, he was probably really grateful for the opportunity. Thank you so much for this opportunity. But I think that over the years, he's gotten so, so just like jealous and jaded. Like, how could you not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Watching all these little fuckers. to be kind of an asshole, I guess, but. Yeah. And then like all this stuff he has to do without magic, like give him magical tools, like give, give him a magical intern. Yes, it definitely feels like this is not Filch's best life that he could be leading. Um, I don't know why he sticks around. Um, he obviously truly hates all of these children who can do magic and he yeah. can't. It's in his face constantly and he has to clean up after them, all their muddy little feet. So yeah, I just, I, I, I feel like I want more for him. I feel like he should just go off and do something else i don't know why he sticks around him and mrs norris deserve just like a a quiet cottage where no one will fucking bother yes exactly i think he does kind of get off on like getting people in trouble and that's probably you know yeah chasing Mm -hmm. after peeves and whatnot his one joy yeah (laughs) (laughs) and he probably feels a certain like uh debt's not the right word but like a lot of the people Yeah, like an obligation to Dumbledore for, like, the kindness Dumbledore has shown him. Mm. I don't know. That's how Hagrid feels anyway. But then again, Hagrid was supposed to get really deeply expelled, and and Dumbledore figured out a way for him to stay. So it's not comparable, but it's Mm -hmm. comparable. It's not the same, but it's comparable. It's definitely (laughs) what I meant to say. I was like, sure. <laughs> that checks out. You know what I mean? Okay, so so <laughs> so Phil starts like aggressively writing Harry up. He's like reading it aloud. He's like, name Harry Potter, crime, and Harry's like, it's just a bit of mud. I get that Filch is grumpy, but, like, also, this is not a crime for sure. Right. <laughs> Fouling the castle. <laughs> and, like, yeah, just imagine Dumbledore, like, coming in and seeing this on his desk, and it's just, like, 
Okay, well. All right, dude. That's probably resolved by now. <laughs> um, so then there's a loud bang. And Filch is like, Peeves, I'm going to get you. So, because Filch hates Peeves more than anyone. I kind of forgot that they called him a poltergeist. Like, it just, I don't know. I i forgot that part of it. And I was like, a poltergeist? Just, like, hilarious. What a great book. <laughs> well, and it's like, sometimes I'm like, why not just make him a ghost? He's, like, obviously a ghost. But then there are, like, minor differences. Like, I think he has an easier time interacting with the world of the living, like inanimate objects and stuff. Yeah, he, like right. he can be solid. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then later when we go to the death day party, he's like he's like an opaque figure with like right. clothing on, looking party crazy. Hat. Yeah, party hat. <laughs> yes. Man, honestly, a moment of silence that Peeves was not in any of the movies, dude. R.I.P. Officially. Yeah. Every time I say moment of silence, we don't take one because I'm bad with silence and this is a podcast <laughs> and that's boring, but... Yeah, Peeves. Man, because it's just like, I get I get it. I get that he does not make an impact on the overarching story. But like, Peeves is like the manifestation of Hogwarts' spirit. And like, I do feel like the ghosts are just so, like, I don't know, just important for like the whimsy of, you know, the castle and everything. And yes, yeah. I yeah. Know, sad. I feel like, um, I feel like Hogwarts in the books is like, has like a has like a mischievous side and in the films it's just like this grand magnificent castle mm-hmm. right yeah like in in the books it's like it's clearly been steeped in like just the sheer chaos of uncontrolled child magic for <laughs> centuries <laughs> yeah. yes. and i think peeves is just like a like he just appeared one day as like the manifestation of that chaos yo yeah. peeves is like like the golem version of like like a fred or george who like never left oh yeah yeah nice yeah yeah anyway we love we love peeves um also because peeves is a yes man nick's like hey you should push this cabinet over and peeves like yeah sure totally sounds great (laughs) also let's just let's just take a moment to appreciate that like this this bang that they hear uh sets in motion the sequence of events that leads to dumbledore's death yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so so there's a bang and filch runs off to investigate it leaving harry alone while Filch is gone, Harry starts snooping, which, like, duh, same. And he finds a letter on Filch's desk for Quickspell, which is, like, like if basically, like, if you have a hard time learning magic, like, Quickspell makes it easier. It's like Duolingo for magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, really, I think, like, for someone who, like, has magic, but has a hard time, like, Neville... You know, like maybe this could have really helped him. Yeah. Yeah. But um but Harry is like, wait, does Filch not know how to do magic? So because we don't know what a squib is yet. Like Harry doesn't know what a squib is yet. So so he starts putting some puzzle pieces together. Yeah, I didn't like, remember that um they didn't know that he was a squib. Like I was yeah. like, I forgot that Well, because why is that. he manually sweeping the school if yeah, he has magic? Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like how and I guess like for Harry and and a lot of the other students, it would just be a moment of like, how have I never noticed before that he never he never has a wand or does magic or anything? How how did I never catch on to that? Yeah, right. 
I wonder if squibs in the Wizarding World sometimes like carry fake wands, you know, to like blend in. Uh, oh, maybe it was quick spell like a scam, though. Is it just like scamming these poor squibs into thinking that they can do magic and probably even though they can't? It's definitely phrased like a scam. It is. And like these endorsements are hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I love them. Warlock DJ Prod of Didsbury says, My wife used to sneer at my feeble charms, but one month into your fabulous Quickspell course and I succeeded in turning her into a yak. Thank you, Quickspell. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So good. To me, when I was reading the Quickspell thing, it reminded me, um, Haley and I recently read Trans Wizard Harriet Porber and the Bad Boy Parasauralophus by Chuck Tingle which is like a spoof romance novel about a trans wizard to clap back at J.K. Rowling's transphobic tweets. Oh, wow. And it was a nonsense book, and we had a great time. (laughs) But one of the... (laughs) There is a character who happens to be a sentient motorcycle. (laughs) The magical system in this book is nothing like Harry Potter's, but there's this character who has like 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 a beginner's wand. That's what they call it. And it can only do like basic spells and it's, it's like a training wand. And I'm like, I wonder if quick spell is like something like that, where it's like, we'll like, we'll give you the basic understanding almost like in college, Alexis, I think you and I both took math for critical thinkers, which is oh, like yeah. math, math for art idiots. Yep. And it's like, I'm going to teach you how to literally count. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they teach yeah. you how to balance a checkbook. Okay, we're gonna get through this. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Tell us what you think Quick Spell is. Hit us up on social media or email us at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com. Is it a pyramid scheme, maybe? <laughs> maybe. God. After reading the endorsements, I was like, wow, this is. This is ShamWow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's it's probably like um like those supplements that have no scientific right. evidence, you know and what patent, I mean? Yeah, patent pending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just picturing now like Billy Mays here with quick spell. <laughs> oh god, I love it. Oh my god. Okay, so Filch comes back and he like he's like Peeves is really going to get it this time because that vanishing cabinet was really expensive. The vanishing cabinet, which like Mm -hmm. at the time, if you haven't read the rest of it, you would not remember four books from now when this comes up, you would not remember that you read this. Yeah. But now it's like, you can see the vanishing cabinet everywhere. We, we were in the other vanishing cabinet earlier in this book when we were in Borgen and Burks. So here's the other end of it. And it's just like, Oh man, it's so well done. Cause we, yeah. I don't know, like we have the evidence now. Yep. All, yeah, let it be known. Oliver, <laughs> Oliver Wood's mania ultimately led to Dumbledore's <laughs> death. No, don't you think tell you know him. Don't blame him. He cannot deal with that kind of stress and guilt. Okay. Don't tell him he's not good at processing his feelings. No, Christina, if you told him he would be like yeah but here's the thing though we could have won that year (laughs) wow you're so right that's a good point wow 
Filch comes back. He realizes Harry has read his letter. I just love how Harry is like incapable of minding his fucking business. Like he's <laughs> he's incapable of following rules. Like he tried to follow the rules. Like Filch runs out and he's like, all right, I guess I should probably stay here. Could have left, didn't. And then he's like, all right, well, if I'm going to stay here, I'm still going to fuck something up. And damn it, yeah. he does. Such a Gryffindor. Filch, realizing that Harry may have read his quick spell letter, he like starts like fumbling and stuttering and he's like uh okay cool so don't tell anyone i mean you didn't read it but like if you did don't tell anyone but like i know you didn't and there's nothing to see here and this isn't mine anyway <laughs> get out of here um yeah no. just leave just go <laughs> yeah, everything's fine <laughs> i will forget we'll both forget this ever happened <laughs> yeah and the, it's, it's like that kind of stuff where i just really feel for him he's like so embarrassed his life is so hard bilge why are you a sympathetic character? I hate it. <laughs> uh, so then Harry leaves. On his way out, he sees Nearly Headless Nick again. Nearly Headless Nick is like, did it work? I got Peeves to make that crashing noise for you. Which, like, what a bro, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Nick persuaded Peeves to knock over the vanishing cabinet, which means they had to get into the room of requirement question mark you could just pop right in there is the room of requirement directly over filch's office yeah i don't know do they move the vanishing cabinet from like an unused classroom which is where they put all of the dangerous shit they have like the mirror of erised do they move it like in between now and book six into the room of requirement like it's just broken and someone's just wandering around and pacing back and forth like where the fuck can I even put this thing and then the room of requirement appears and you're like works for me good enough yeah I don't know because I get the feeling I mean maybe maybe this is like the movie kind of like tainting my thoughts but like I, I feel like the vanishing cabinet looked like it had been in the room of requirement for a long time yeah yeah we don't know where Filch's office is, although the room of requirement's on the third floor, and he definitely had to go, like, downstairs to right. get to Filch's office. Right. I think, honestly, there are a lot of inconsistencies about where things appear in the castle in general. Very true. So, I Maybe just... everything just moves around all the well, time. And oh. Well, like, it's with, magic. With the room of requirement in particular, like, there's the room of requirement, and then there's the room of lost things, which is also in the room of requirement, but seems to operate differently. Yeah, you're right about that. The room of- mm -hmm. I, feel, I feel like the room of lost things was, like, the first- the original manifestation of the room of requirement, and then, like, it's, like, strength grew from all the magical <laughs> stuff inside of it, and it started being able to, like, manifest new things. Right. So cool, because, like, how, what what is the origin of that room? Like, how does it... Where did... Who did it? I feel like Helga Hufflepuff. Uh, of anyone, Helga Hufflepuff probably came up with that. Oh, That's cool. I like that. Thanks for giving credit to a Hufflepuff. That's fun. <laughs> no one ever does that. Cedric! Why? <laughs> Doesn't that seem like a Helga move, though? Yeah, yeah. Like just, a, just a room for anything the kids might need. <laughs> I, I feel like... It's like yeah, it's friendly. It's a friendly yeah. move. Yeah, just like, it's not like I want to get rid of the clutter. I just want it out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> just like shove it all into that one closet. Mm -hmm. All right. So 
Harry and Nick are walking. Harry is like, I wish I could do something about the headless hunt because they're ha- they're having a bonding moment right now because they, he just Nick just helped Harry out of trouble. So then Nick is like, oh, my God, you could help me if you would just come to my death day party on Halloween. Then Sir Patrick is going to be there who runs the headless hunt. And maybe you could tell him how like scary I am because I'm like beheaded and stuff. And Harry's like, cool, 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 cool. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> um, so Harry goes back to the dormitory to bring this Tehran and Hermione because they're invited to. Hermione's really excited about going to a death day party. It's a new cultural experience for her. Ron is not excited, but he, I love it because they're like, he's doing, he was, he, Ron was not excited. He was doing potions homework. He was grumpy. <laughs> it's like <laughs> relatable. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, just totally unrelated to everything, Fred and George are feeding a firework to a salamander. As and one it ex- does. It explodes. Uh, <laughs> I, I was like, I didn't bring this up, but like in the chapter where they're trying, in the, the Whomping Willow chapter, when they're trying to get onto the platform and they like can't get there. Um, but like in the beginning of that chapter, when the Weasleys are trying to get out the door and they have to turn back for Fred's fireworks or George's fireworks, who... I, as a parent, I would be like, no, we're not going back for your fireworks so you can take them to your high school. But like Molly and Arthur were like, okay, fine, turn around. So now he has fireworks and he's doing shit like this. Like we'll never hear the end of it if we don't go back and get fireworks. (laughs) He actually will blow up a toilet this time. He's not kidding. (laughs) Uh, So. Yeah, so there's, like, an exploding salamander in the common room, which distracts Harry from telling Ron and Hermione about the quick spell letter. He was going to do that, but then he got distracted. So, so next, it's Halloween now, which is, like, Hogwarts' favorite time of the year. But they don't get to go to the feast. They have to go to the death day party. And they don't want to go, because the Halloween feast is fun. But but they do go. Hermione's like, you promised. Again, a being prom- everyone's conscious for them. Yes, a promise is a promise. A promise is a promise. The party's in the dungeons. It's cold. It's creepy. It's just about everything you would expect from a death day party. There's ghost music, which is not the same as wizard music. It's ghost music. I don't know why ghost music has to be so foul, because... They have, like, rotting food because ghosts can't eat, so, like, pungent rotting food is, like, strong enough in odor that the ghosts can kind of pick up on it. But, like, their hearing is fine. So, like, why is ghost music so god-awful? It's, like, quote, it's, quote, like, a thousand fingernails scraping an enormous blackboard. (laughs) I think they just want to make it, you know, they're like, ugh, it's a death day party. It's not supposed to be happy. It's supposed to be kind of sad. And we want you all to be miserable because he's dead. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's a, it's an orchestra of 30 musical saws. What is a musical saw? I don't. Is that literal? Is it like when you bang it and it goes. (laughs) 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 That sounds too fun. (laughs) <laughs> I imagine it's sounding like a theremin a little bit. Have you guys ever heard of theremin? No, what's that? No. It's it's like um oh god, it's like a Victorian instrument or something that uh it 
it plays electrical uh it's something to do with like there's like a there's like a copper receiver like a like a radio something and the closer your hand gets to it like it picks up on your electrical uh whatever and plays this just haunting quavering tune like i have seen videos of that before yeah i know what you're talking about maybe maybe that does sound terrible this is a piano the saw is coming Can y'all hear that? Yeah. That's a saw. What? He's playing it like a violin. So haunting. I'll put this link to this YouTube video in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're playing, They're not so only are they playing a weird instrument, but they're doing so poorly because that was beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> but there's 30 of them. So like, I feel like, like that times 30 would maybe not be quite as nice. Like children screaming. Yeah. Just like how, like how my ear can't hear that high pitched. Okay. So it's generally just like a terrible time. It's a ghost party. (laughs) Just like, it smells like shit. Everyone is mournful. It says that Nick greeted them mournfully. He's saying this very seriously. It's my death day. Also like so cold. Yeah. Yeah. Stepping into a freezer. Very uncomfortable. Luckily they have robes. I guess. They're wearing robes, but this is definitely a ghost party with absolutely nothing for living people. Are they the only living people here? Do we see anyone else? No, I think it's just no. them. Mm-hmm. No food for them or anything. It's like when you forget you have a vegan friend and they come and they're like, oh, I can't drink any, eat any of this. Yeah. And I think that's important because they're like no living creature can corroborate where they've been yeah. so in the next scene where they find mrs norris it's like nobody knows where you were and it's like what's going on guys <laughs> yeah yeah we run into peeves <laughs> harry says hello cautiously to peeves i just love <laughs> i don't know uh, jk rolling <clears throat> that bitch is one of the few writers who i think use as adverbs very well i usually as an editor i'm like a seek and destroy these adverbs type and I probably would have over-edited Harry Potter if it had come into my hands, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but she uses them very well. Like, like a lot of a couple times, Gilderoy Lockhart says things annoyingly, and it's like, <laughs> like that sounds stupid, but like I get it, you know. Yeah. Like that's all yeah. I need. And like, I- Harry says hello cautiously. Yeah, like I read something recently where like an adverb, like a a well placed adverb, is one that like changes the meaning of what is being said. So like, if you say, if someone says like, hi, how are you? Exclamation point. He said excitedly, like that excitedly isn't changing the meaning because the hi, how are you is like, that's, we can tell. But if it's like, hi, how are you? He said sarcastically, like that would be (laughs) a better adverb because it's like, that's now changing the tone of the dialogue. Yeah, definitely. I'm really like, as an editor, I'm really like, I, I commonly will like highlight an adverb and be like, what does caution look like on Harry's face? You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know. You just don't always need that. And also this is like a kid's book. So over explaining like how exactly his facial expression indicates caution is just like too much. 
Right. Like, how is he shifting his weight here? Yeah. <laughs> I also like uh, on the cake, it says uh, when uh, Nick died. And he died the same year that Columbus sailed the ocean blue, didn't he? 1492. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, that is a historically significant year. I wonder if that has any deeper meaning. I mean, it means that Sir Nick uh, never ate a sweet potato. Oh, that's all right. They're not all. They're not all that. Oh, I love a sweet potato. They really? were very. They were very in fashion uh, <laughs> after they first uh, came to Europe. They were considered huh. an aphrodisiac. Henry VIII really loved sweet potatoes. Wow, that's your boy, Christina. Yeah. So I've already I've already brought up Anne Boleyn. Okay, don't get me started <laughs> on Henry VIII. I'm just talking about how he likes sweet potatoes because they increased his fuck powers, supposedly. Man. Oh, he fucked so much. He tried so hard. She's gone. We lost her. (laughs) Why couldn't he just have a male heir? Come back. (laughs) I'm Googling to see if, like, maybe Nearly Headless Nick was an actual person. He's not. But, like, that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That could have happened. I don't know. D- D- Mimsy Porpington, that's gotta be made up. That's like a that's a very deliberately silly British aristocratic name. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Kind of like um do do any of you have up the name of the guy who runs the headless hunt? Like his full name is really silly too. Oh, like Sir Patrick, blah 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nailed I know it. that he he gets called Sir Properly deca- Decapitated Podmore. <laughs> Podmore. It's, like, it's something Podmore. Patrick Delaney Podmore. There you go. So yes. aggressively British. <laughs> I It made me remember Podrick Payne from Game of Thrones. Oh, Podrick. Aww. My honey with a big dick. I don't know how you could call anyone pod, like, so seriously. (laughs) Speaking of fuck powers. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god, do you remember? Remember that Tyrion paid for some sex workers to sleep with him and they gave his money back because it was so good? Yeah. (laughs) I'm good, Dick. So fun. He's such a good character. Okay, okay, okay. So, Hermione's talking shit about Moaning Myrtle, and then Peeves, such an instigator, is like, I, Myrtle, come over here! Hermione was just talking about you. (laughs) Oh my god, flipping Peeves. So, we get to meet Moaning Myrtle for the first time. Pimply, pimply. (laughs) Yeah, it's not good. I mean, I feel sad for Myrtle, but also, like, part of why people hate you is because you are you just like love being a victim it's like like yeah people have been shitty to you but like you love it too and that's like (laughs) part of why we it's just your default yeah she's just like blubbering it's like oh my god like shut up shut up (laughs) but she lives in the bathroom so she can cry and it won't ruin any of the decor or anything it's a waterproof room (laughs) Well, so, she floods. She floods it a lot, so that's kind of <laughs> tough. That's a tough time. It's funny because she. I mean, like technically, Moaning Myrtle is like a water spirit. Like she's. Oh, yeah. Are they? What are they called? Like mm-hmm. naiads or dryads? Like no, it, it would be a naiad. Dryad, ni- tree spirit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is like funny because like her. It's like my power is toilets. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hermione says Moaning Myrtle looks nice because she's covering because Peeves was like, Hermione was just talking about you and Hermione's like, yeah, 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 I said you look great. And Moaning Myrtle is like, you're making fun of me, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And it's like that kind of shit. Yeah. So 
So she's like, I know what I am. Fat Myrtle, ugly Myrtle, miserable, moaning, moping Myrtle, which like a fat and ugly, you can't help that. But like, yeah, you are miserable, moping and moaning. And you could probably change that if you wanted to. Mm. And then Peeves is like, you forgot Spotty. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Chases her away, pelting her with moldy peanuts, screaming Spotty. Just rude, really. In our book, it's pimply. Pimply? Mm -hmm. Damn it. Which is almost grosser. Pimply, pimply! Do people in the UK not use the word pimple? No, it's spots. That's so polite. Yeah, it's a lot nicer, actually. (laughs) But, like, what if they have, like, sunspots or something that is not a pimple? Not sure. Gotta specify. Well, they don't get sunspots in Britain. There is no sun. There is no sun there. (laughs) Oh, just terrible. Pimply. Yeah, that does sound more familiar to me now, the pimply. Right. Dude, when I went to Britain, like, a couple of years ago, like... A lot of people uh, in my friend's family that I was staying with gave me shit for not being Tanner because I'm because I'm American. They were like, shouldn't you be tan? I'm like, no, (laughs) they're like, you look like us. What the heck? (laughs) Wow, that's so funny. (laughs) For the listeners, Haley is exceedingly, a real real British pale. Yeah, I am. It's I mean, I am I am like one degree above as pale as I could possibly be. She has the same complexion as maybe like Elsa from Frozen. Yeah. A literalized queen. I think it's it's a step above that. I'm like one notch warmer. But yeah. Haley has the kind of skin I mean, I was joking. She doesn't look like a literalized queen, but she has the kind of skin where like, man, in like the olden days, people would have been like, wow, what a beautiful, rich lady. Yeah, ne- obviously yeah. has never had to toil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. These days, it just means that at the beginning of summer, I'm like, time to get my base burn. I've accepted it. <laughs> or do you have someone following you with her umbrella? Yeah. <laughs> Peons. <laughs> Man, I definitely, this is the palest summer of my life, I think. Yep. Because mm-hmm. I just haven't been getting out the same that I used to, R.I.P me mm-hmm. r.i.p my tan i usually i usually feel so hot this time of year but this year it's just like oh it's just winter just never <laughs> ended yeah and now it's been raining for a hundred years yeah we went from like temperate winter to hot winter to rainy <laughs> winter <laughs> definitely summer 2020 has carried winter vibes of like don't go outside just eat your feelings it'll be fine <laughs> yes oh fuck so nearly headless nick is gearing up to start his speech um but then the headless hunt arrives with great fanfare they have an entrance they've like rehearsed it they like come rolling in on their horses ghost horses (laughs) ghost horses (laughs) so and then sir patrick is being all like why did you even invite him whatever he just comes and turns it into a frat party with his frat bros. Yeah, he rolls such in. Such a douche, dude. Yeah, such a douche. He's like, oh, 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 oh what up, Nick? Happy <laughs> Jet Day. I'm here. The party can start. <laughs> let's play some hockey. Yeah, let's play some head hockey. And then Harry tries. So, so Sir Patrick is like, oh, shit. 
living people. He like pre- feigns surprise, like great surprise at seeing living children. He just has a constant comedy routine that apparently never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, you've like, been doing this for 500 years, man. Like his, but they love it. His only identity at this point is that his head is disconnected from his yeah. body. He's like lost everything else he ever had. Like, like if you think about it, wizards, uh, like only wizards can become ghosts as is confirmed in uh, book five. And like the wizarding community of Britain is already so small and self-contained. So like the wizarding ghost community of Britain, yeah. like they must all know each other. Like, like all lot. of them. Yeah, because it's like forever. Right. Yeah, this is it. so harry tries to like organically work into this is when uh, it's this kind of shit where i'm like harry is an introvert because he can't so when he when he has like any kind of like social pressure on him he fucks up he just fucks it up and he's like trying to he's like oh sir nick is so scary and it's like wow that was really that sounded really organic well done harry (laughs) this is is up there with that time he uh tried to claim that runal waslib was (laughs) 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 oh my god i remember reading that and laughing so hard the first time i ever read that (laughs) yeah it's what my friends call me (laughs) what i what is that like ron's accidentally using like a like a prank quill yeah he was using like a self-writing quill but like after a while the charm starts wearing off and it fucks up and like so it writes his name (laughs) wrong in the book oh my god um and then sir nick nope sir patrick is like i bet nick told you to say that because it sounds really forced (laughs) (laughs) um and then harry's like well my work here is done (laughs) <laughs> Let's and, go. yeah the headless hunt starts playing head hockey at this like dignified party I-, I love the beginning of nick's speech too my late lamented lords ladies and gentlemen it is my great sorrow <laughs> uh yeah and then they start playing head hockey that's as far as very, it gets very rude uh, i am vividly reminded of like me trying to like host a game at one of my parties and like drew blundering in and ruining everything is it is it bad that sir patrick reminds me a little bit of drew no like i drew, get it if drew was beheaded and became a ghost like he would do all this shit he's yeah. too fancy this guy he's like you know he wears his i had to do something with my hands too and tell you what he's wearing on his head <laughs> some, <laughs> some plumage for sure i think if drew had been born back then though like that's just how people dress you know I do feel really bad for Nick in this whole chapter, man. Like, can you imagine? You're a ghost. Like I said, this is it for you. And you're surrounded by just like, just like people who are so douchey and petty. And it's, can't, this is, this is all that they have left. And why can't everyone just be nice and cool and kind? I don't understand. Oh, great. It does kind of suck that once you it die, sucks. like, you still have all this stupid bullshit that goes yeah, on. Yeah, like, this is high life. school, this is high school level stuff, and it's like, this is forever. <laughs> that, to me, is hell. Um, <laughs> Ghosts be petty. Meanwhile, Edward Cullen is 75 years old, and he's like, I want to just be in high school forever. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's what I like. Man, Twilight is one of those series where the more I think about it, like the older I get, the like the worse and worse and worse it gets. Oh, it's terrible. I do want to read that new book though. I just can't I can't help it. I want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're like it, we're almost 30, so like I can't imagine trying to sell that stuff to like 15-year-olds who have no idea. Like now I'm like I'm an adult and I know what real good sex and relationships look like and stalking isn't a part of that and also a 57 year age difference is also not a part of that uh the movies mm. i just rewatched them recently as like kind of just try to make myself laugh i think because it's just it was just so amusing to watch it over again now that i'm older and i'm like this is just the dumbest shit ever and <laughs> makes a good drinking game, I won't lie, if you just... Mm. <laughs> I have been wanting to rewatch them, just to, like, yeah. They're just all like a on uh, Amazon Prime. They just put them on there. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Alright, that's what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> so, Ron, Harry, and Hermione leave, and Harry hears the voice again, which good. He's with his friends this time, They but, but they can't hear it. So... <laughs> I'm sure they're like, Harry's like running, chasing this voice upstairs and stuff. And I feel like Ron and Hermione are following him and just like exchanging very concerned looks. <laughs> they're just like, yeesh, did he eat the moldy peanuts? Is he okay? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. Remember, I, I was telling you that I had the, the audiobooks when I was um, younger. I used them to fall asleep at night because I always had trouble falling asleep and like listening to Harry Potter was like my way of like having my own little bit nighttime story, you know, someone Aww. reading to me. That's cute. <laughs> but this was terrifying. Like, this part, <laughs> it was like, rip, tear, cute. Like, I was like, oh my God, I can't sleep with this crazy nonsense in my you're, ears. You're like drifting off to sleep and you like wake up abruptly and you're like, oh, I smell blood. <laughs> yeah, so, and it was it, like tape. So I had to like fast forward, like, you know, with the. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this is it, it is like very scary and i think that like in term in terms of like i think this is one of the scariest books because there is a murderer that no one else can hear like that is very scary the first book was barely like not even scary at all there was like a little bit of light unicorn blood drinking okay like <laughs> but this one is like this one is like a scary book like scary stuff keeps happening People are getting petrified, which is terrifying. That's a terror. That would be a terrifying thing to find your friend frozen. It does. I feel like this is the end of like the cozy part of the book. Like, you know, the first yeah. part of the book is just so like nice. And I mean, not necessarily all nice, but like mostly just nice. The like, burrow, so snuggly. The burrow and Hogwarts and everything's somewhat normal. And then like right now it's like, oh, shit. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. ending. Yeah, your year's gonna be rough, dude. Sorry. <laughs> this is like a really rough year. It is. So Dobby tried to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how no one took that seriously at all. They're like, uh who cares about this Dobby character? <laughs> They're just so ready to believe that Draco would like do anything shitty just because he's shitty. Mm -hmm. I guess. 
So, Draco has a pretty shitty moment at the end of the chapter, which we'll get to, but yeah. damn, dude. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So they, they chase the voice upstairs. It's going to kill someone. They lose the voice on the second floor, but they come across a message written on the wall. The Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air, beware. And it is written in blood. So that's cool. That's also terrifying. How did I read these when I was 12? As an adult, I am so easily freaked out. If Sean and I are watching like any kind of like fantasy drama, I can only watch like one episode at a time because I need to recover from how scary it was. <laughs> I think I was stronger as a twelve year old than I am. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. Shit is scary, and yeah. so then, and then they see Mrs. Norris, but like, there's no reactive language. There, like, I think it's just like, oh, 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 no. Like they, there's no reactive language at all because like they are, their brains like aren't even processing what they're seeing. So Mrs. Norris is petrified, hanging from a, a lantern, a light, a torch, a torch, a torch. <laughs> um, and then the whole school shows up because they all just left the feast at the same time, which is like, I don't think that's how most of the feasts go. Like I know that the start of year feast, like double has to do a speech, but like Halloween, I feel like. I mean, don't you just leave when you're done eating? Yeah. Maybe it was last call. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> but also you do yes. have to go home because you're underage and there's curfew. <laughs> um, so the whole school arrives from dinner. Like the whole school, except for, well, and, and that's the thing is, why is Draco there? Because they don't have to go upstairs to get to their... Yeah, they go downstairs. There's no reason he should be there. Yeah, it's very explicit that, like, you cross the entrance hall from the Great Hall to get to the where the dungeons are. So, Mm -hmm. maybe he just knew shit was gonna go down, and he's like, I want to make it worse. Let's go. (laughs) So, he starts screaming. (laughs) Enemies of the air, beware! It's like, at this point, no one knows that Mrs. Norris is just petrified. Like, she looks. She dead. could be dead. She looks. So dead. he is at this point wishing death upon this whole population of people. Yeah, like, like screaming damn. racial slurs. And yeah. Like, yeah, I think the word "dick" is like not good enough here. Just not quite. Not quite. He, he's like yeah. a Nazi. Like bigot. Yeah, yeah, like his 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 cold eyes alive. His usually bloodless face flush. <laughs> he's he's scary. Yeah, blush. I just was looking at the uh, illustration at the beginning of the chapter, and it's, you know, Mrs. Norris hanging from the torch. And I was like, how did I just accept that? Like, when I was little, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the beginning of a chapter right there. (laughs) (laughs) Hanging from the torch. My my question is, we learn later that Mrs. Norris got petrified because she was hanging from the torch and she saw the basilisk's reflection in the water in the hallway. Um, so, like, a cat isn't a monkey. Like, why was she just already hanging from a torch? I don't know if she was necessarily already hanging from the torch. She might have just, like, been in the hall and seen the reflection in the water because she's a cat and she's short um, and, like, just saw the floor first. But how did, yeah, how did she get, like, because t- she's tied by the tail. Oh, yeah. she's right. tied? Yeah, like, well, she's hanging from her tail. Yeah, the tail. Right. Is it, does it say tied? I don't know if it says tied, but, like, that's the image. 
Like it's it's like her tail's been like looped around this torch, and that's like she's hanging up. And, and yeah. that's just like cattails just simply don't work that way. Maybe, but she, I guess like um, you know she got scared and she went you know like straight up in the air, and then like her <laughs> tail got wrapped around the torch, and then she got petrified, and it just like stayed right there. Well, I think honestly, so I think Ginny, <laughs> I think Ginny might have done it. Like in her fugue state, oh, like God. just picks up this like this rigored cat. And then just like since she's all stiff and stuff, like uses her tail and just like makes a bend and that's all. like a hook, like a hanger. That's what I'm worried happened. I think yeah. that's exactly what happened. There, there is no other actual explanation. Mm-mm. Yeah, and that's a nightmare. And also, that would <laughs> I just feel bad for Mrs. Norris's tail. A cat's tail is just like don't do that. It's um, she's petrified, so it's like you know a little bit stronger than it typically would <laughs> yeah. be. God, this is just so nightmarish. And then the chapter ends. Harry Potter is not the kind of book that usually has like chapter cliffhangers. Mm. Um, oh, hey, Rhett. <laughs> um, but yeah, it ends real bad. And then the next chapter is called Writing on the Wall. So I thought we were going to get to this part in the next chapter. But it happens mm. here. Yeah, right at the end. Yeah, and there, there, there's just no time for anyone to react. It's just like Draco screaming and the chapter ends. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> does, does anyone have any anything about this chapter that we haven't touched on yet? Um, I, I kind of, I just really appreciated this chapter in general because that bitch, I feel, did a lot of good setting up. Like, we get a lot of instances of um description of nearly headless nick where he's like translucent so like you know we're sort of planting those seeds that you can see through him and it's like that's going to come up later and then we get to meet myrtle and you know she very specifically through the death death day party um is able to get the trio you know by themselves without any real alibi um that people would believe i guess and yeah so i was just pretty impressed with um and then we also get that vanishing cabinet situation which comes up way later so yeah i was just pretty impressed with all the little seeds happening in this Mm -hmm. in this chapter yeah jk rowling i mean that bitch i think is like on like has said that she developed like how this whole series was gonna end like at the same time as she was developing the first book or two. And so it's things like this, like the vanishing cabinet where it's like, that's very evident. Yeah. Like I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. I also have another, just like a question. Such a Ravenclaw. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but I was just, you know, this chapter got me thinking about all these ghosties and I was thinking about um, Voldemort and, you know, uh, obviously, ghosts are ghosts because they have unfinished business and i'm like i wonder why voldemort didn't like turn into a ghost is it because of the horcruxes like i just was wondering why he wasn't a ghosty when when he dies dies the first time or when he properly dies later i think the first time i was wondering like why he didn't kind of become a ghost the first time interesting i I guess it's like different yeah, I think in, um, like, when he comes back in book four and he's, like, doing his monologue in the graveyard, I think he mm-hmm. mentions being, like, I was less than the meanest ghost. Like, I yeah. was less than, I okay. was less than the weakest ghost because he was, like, one-seventh of a ghost. 
Yeah, right? I, th- I, I think he like literally just like didn't even have enough strength to like yeah. see a ghost. I figured I figured the Horcruxes probably had something to do with it. Yeah. But it was just just interesting. Just interesting. Yeah, he's not a ghost so much as he is just like a disembodied like spirit, which is I understand that's the exact definition of the word ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think he can like manifest in a physical form in the same way. He like needs right. a host, right? Yes, right, yes, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So scary. That word is so scary in that context. <laughs> the host. Well, cool. Are you all ready to move on to some plugs? Sure. Sure. Grace, you want to go first? Uh, yes, I do. Well, kind of. I don't. I feel like <laughs> so confident. I, I feel like this is the least prepared I've ever been for plugs. What have I even been doing? I don't know. <laughs> um, but I guess I'm like gonna gonna kind of plug um, Seinfeld. Like I missed the whole Seinfeld thing uh, when it was happening, and so I've been watching it, and you know, it doesn't all age well. I think we could all pretty much assume that (laughs) yeah um but you know i would just say that it's like pretty entertaining if anyone else like me uh missed out on the whole deal and you know just give it a watch make form your own opinion (laughs) you know i get i I told you i'm very unprepared for my plug (laughs) i love how your plug was like there is a show there is a show you could watch it I have no feelings about it. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you know, whatever. It's the only thing I really knew that is in my life right now. I guess. <laughs> it is a, it is a very clever show that I'm sure did not age very well, but you know, it, okay. I think, I think they know that it didn't age well now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's still, I mean, the hilarious, the characters are, I mean. Yeah. Pre- pre- yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, someone save the whole plug situation. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, Haley, your turn. I'm not the one to save the plug situation, but here we go. Um, <laughs> as we mentioned a couple times, uh, we've been doing marathon episodes this week. Uh, so, Christina, you have unfortunately burned through all of the new shit that I've done in the last two weeks. Tell me about uh, it. So I'm just going to say um, I'm going to plug checking your voter registration. Uh, yes. Yeah. Fucking. Um, I know that there's a website to do it. Uh, Christina, I'll send you the link so you can put the link in the episode notes um, Hell yeah. where you can literally just put in like your name and your address and be like, am I literally registered to vote? Yeah. Like, and like, if, if you think you are, don't assume that you are because yeah. like it's uh, 45 is not even trying to pretend that he's not. By oh uh, trying to oh rig the election, people oh are being God. spontaneously unregistered and not finding out until election days. Like this has happened a couple of times oh now. My God. Fucking double check and do it soon. Yeah, um, and, and also, you, go ahead. Save the plugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good job. Also, j- making sure that your information's updated. Um, also, in the show notes, I'm going to put a link to this podcast I listened to called Life Kit, where they literally, it's literally like adulting is like what it's called. It's by NPR. <laughs> and so they, they cover a lot of really good topics. And their most recent episode is called How to Vote by Mail. I don't know if that's what it's called, but that's what it's about. It and made so, it really easy for me. They sent me like the thing in the mail and they were like, fill this out and send yeah. it back. I got that too, but Sean hasn't gotten that. And so I, I know that there's some people who aren't getting it. And so, and, and there's some people who live in different states where it's different. So this kind of just right. talks you through it. So I'll put that in the show notes too. If you have gotten that letter in the mail, literally all you have to do is sign it and send it back and they'll send you a ballot. So do that for sure. Because 
even if you like aren't afraid of COVID, there, there's nothing bad about having fewer people trying to physically get to the polls on election day. Very true. Yeah. Way to go, Haley. That was a great plug. Hey. Alexis, your turn. Uh, oh, I just finished Perry Mason um, on HBO. I don't know if anyone's heard of that. It's kind of a re- it's a remake of a show of like basically the first, you know, lawyer courtroom show that um, started, I think it was in like the 50s and 60s. But yeah, it's a good show. It's like a period piece. It's set in 1930s Los Angeles and um, just they did it just like real gritty and dark. You know, it's really stylized and I I liked that and the acting's cool. great and it's a mystery and <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't know if you, you all would like it, but it's I'm not saying <laughs> anything. It's just kind of dark, I think. Mostly I'm saying that to Christina because I like cheerful stuff. <laughs> yeah, but but um, no, it was really good and just cautionary. There's like a dead baby and like that's kind of scary and a dead dick and another uh, dead dick, dick is fine, but a <laughs> dead baby. That's when I turned off train spotting. I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. So if you don't like that type of stuff, then you probably <laughs> like it. But um, if you're the weird kind of person who doesn't like dead babies, <laughs> maybe this show's not for you. Well, that's where you and I differ. Uh, but it's pretty good. I recommend it. Hell yeah. Well, I have been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at your girl of the world. You can follow me on Twitter at Tina Fontina. Today I'm going to plug Netflix's Umbrella Academy. I'm sure y'all have heard of it. It's like one of their shows that they pimp a lot. And I, I was reser- I was trying to reserve plugging it until I've watched more of it. I'm only three or four episodes in, but honestly, it's so good so far that I feel comfortable plugging at this point. Like, it's really, I mean, I can't even really explain it. It's kind of complicated, but it, it's like a, I think you would call it like a superhero series. It's, it's like, a, it like subverts the superhero genre. Yeah, it's like X-Men, but like, but yeah, like subverting X-Men, basically. It's like a team of people with different skill powers and i'm having a great time it's like funny and dark and thoughtful and there's like a 10 year old actor playing a crotchety like 65 year old dude and it's very hilarious yeah knocking out of the park honestly i love the character yeah he deserves an award also be sure to connect with the podcast online we're on instagram at restricted section pod we're on twitter at restricted pod you can support us on patreon.com slash the restricted section for exclusive bonus episodes exclusive instagram content exclusive bookmarks basically it's just very exclusive you can also find us on facebook our facebook page is the restricted section podcast and our facebook group is the restricted section detention crew That's where the memes live. I look forward to seeing you there. Alexis, thank you so much for coming on. It was a joy to have you. Thanks for having me. We've talked about Harry Potter a lot in our personal lives, so it's always fun to do it in like a controlled book club setting. So (laughs) we'll definitely have you back on for a later episode for Goblet of Fo. Oh, nope. Too soon for Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, get a few more drinks in me next time and it'll be a little better, I think. We will not record at 11 o'clock in the morning (laughs) next time, I swear. (laughs) All right, everybody. Get the fuck off my Zoom call. No. Bye. I feel like I need a a different sign off. It's starting to feel forced. (laughs) I feel like you can't change it now, though.
I know. I'm like, I feel like even just saying like fuck off feels more natural than yeah. get the fuck off my Zoom call. Maybe just get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck out of here. Fuck all the way off. I'll work on it. <laughs> The Restricted section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Technical support from Sean Watson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod or shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. Hi, Sideways Grace. Hello. (laughs) Did you get new headphones? These are Sahis. Oh, hell yeah. You look so official. (laughs) Yes. You guys are sideways, which sucks, which is why I was like this. You're sideways for sure. Yeah. Well, what are you on? Are you on your phone? Yeah, I'm on my phone. Hold on. One moment, please. There you are. Here's your beautiful face. Hello. Oh. Let me just. Oh well, it was nice Sorry. knowing you. <laughs> you lost obviously, her. obviously, I'm like just trying out some different things these days. That's so. awesome. Uh, did that work? No, you're still no, sideways. No, what? you're sideways again. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> so now you're I upside. Can't... Now you're right I... side up. <laughs> so it your was... phone's just having a hard time. Isn't it just do always? Think, do you think it would work if you just put your phone upside down? Let's try it. How does that look? You're right side up. <laughs> Am I? Are we right side yeah. up? No. 